Ten to One, Episode Four. Top Ten Villains. Where we make top ten lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer. And I'm Melissa Kozer. And the list I chose for today began with my wanting to make a list about the qualities that I find not most attractive in a villain, because that sounds wrong, but I guess what's <laughs> really what I find neatest in a villain. So that morphed into just our top ten villains of all time. So go ahead and give me your number ten, Brian. Okay, my number ten is from a book by Roald Dahl. I thought some of his might appear. It might be my favorite book that he wrote. It was probably my favorite growing up, at least. And that's Matilda, and the villain is Miss Trunchbull. I wondered. <laughs> yeah, she's the principal of the school, I think. That yeah. the character, the main character. The little girl Matilda is at, and she's wonderfully over the top. Just, <laughs> I mean, throwing yes. throwing children into out the window, throwing children out the window, throwing children into、uh, like an Iron Maiden torture device, and just completely over the top and not a, a completely two dimensional character. Every child's imagining of what that. That one teacher is like right.、Basically. This big hulking woman that's horribly mean and sadistic, and I don't know. I'm not sure why she, exactly she made my top ten. She's the only woman villain on this list. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. But I didn't just put her on there just to just to get a woman on the list. Didn't you? No, no. She's a very memorable villain, even though she's just a just a school teacher, just a mean school teacher or principal, and that's why she's number ten for me, Miss Trunchbull. Well, my number ten is also a woman, and was not put on the list just to get a woman on here. But I will say there are very few female villains that、yeah. are really like worth talking about.、Yeah. Most of them just fail. Honestly, they're not memorable at all.、Mm. But the one that I have for my number ten is because she is the White Witch、mm. from the Chronicles of Narnia.、That. Well,、uh, when you think about her, she is really the embodiment of evil. You first meet her if you read the books chronologically, as you should,、no. by starting no. out with no, 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 the no. magician's nephew. Read them by, in publication、and、order, starting with *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. She is this half giantess, half gin from well, this dying world, and she's the only person left alive in it. Why? Because she spoke this word, this magical word called the deplorable world, that killed everybody on the planet, and she did it just to spite her sister. Yeah, that is. I mean, if、bad. that's if that's not dark. And that was after a long war in which she was、uh, warring to try and get power. And then after that, after she's woken up from her long slumber, she comes to our Earth with the intentions to conquer it. Ends up in Narnia and decides, "I'm going to conquer it," and rules with an iron fist for a hundred years. I mean, 
she is so good at getting power and holding on to it, and she is cruel, heartless when you think of how she just turns people into stone. She's completely heartless. Horrible woman. So that is my number 10. Definitely one of the best female villains out there. Hmm. Can't, I couldn't think of a better one. Um, I have a female villain on my honorable mentions that ah. is not the White Witch, so I'll mention her later. But yeah, a little Narnia tidbit for you. So in the first book that he wrote, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he says that uh, the author has the White Witch as being half human and half djinn, which is a genie or a demon, basically. But then he goes back and revises that in The Magician's Nephew and says she's actually an alien from another planet, maybe even another universe or something. So, yeah, but on her world, she was still half... No, half no, dead. I think he... Because it, it says she's ha she was descended from Adam. Oh, what? Oh, and, okay. Uh, it says it's Adam's second wife, Lilith, was her mother. Ah. So he just he just undid that. I mean, that happens a lot. There's a little, little C.S. Lewis retcon for you. So anyway, so my number nine... And he's probably higher on your list. He's probably the person that I thought of the first when I started thinking of villains. And that is Darth Vader. Dun, 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 dun. I think he's probably... He's a very iconic villain. Exa there's the word I was looking for, iconic. Very iconic villain. He's got the wonderful music, got the wonderful look. Which yes. I guess was inspired by Samurai, is what uh, yeah. the sci-fi Christian was talking about recently. Which I can see that with his helmet. Mm -hmm. Got the, the very imposing figure, got the, got the black cape. Imposing voice. He comes storming on the first time you see him and killing people, choking his own soldiers if they don't... Please him. Right, if they don't deliver results. So, a horrible boss. <laughs> but, uh, I... But the pay's good. <laughs> I think he's probably lower just because I think the more that you learn about his character, the less fearsome of a villain he is. Thanks a lot, prequels. And maybe just that I'm not the most diehard Star Wars fan, maybe he's lower for me. But he's still a good villain. I mean, top ten. So that's my number nine, Darth Vader. Yeah, spoiler alert, he's not on my top ten. Because, uh, yes, I like Star Wars. While I'm not an absolute nerd like I used to be, I do still like to watch Star Wars and read about it. But I'm just not emotionally attached mm -hmm. to Darth Vader. Like uh, He doesn't strike fear into your heart when he comes walking on to the Tantive Four. No, I mean, it's it's a really cool scene, yeah, and it's great music and so forth. But I just didn't grow up with people who were a little bit older than me and their generation where he was the first bad guy that they ever saw on screen and yeah. therefore made such a deep impression on their young minds. So while I acknowledge he's a good villain and he did make my list of possibilities, I just felt it was... That would have been the easy way out, the dark, yeah, the, the road to the dark side, I as felt, it were. So I felt I kind of had to put him on there, though. Well, I don't put people on my list just because I feel obliged mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. But my number nine is 
definitely a very iconic villain. Uh, he's been around since our childhoods. And he is described as the only man who made Long John Silver afraid. And that <laughs> is Captain Hook. <laughs> he is a bloodthirsty pirate who went to Eton as a young boy, the school at Eton, and cares about good form. He has flair. He has style. He's a swashbuckling, well-dressed, bloodthirsty scoundrel. And I like how those two opposites mix. <laughs> yeah, the gentleman villain. Well, and who doesn't like a pirate? <laughs> Especially one as refined as Captain Hook. I mean, he's clever, he's figured out a way to smoke two cigars at once. What's your favorite portrayal of Captain Hook? Well, I liked how they portrayed him in Once Upon a Time until they ruined him. <laughs> like, I don't know, mm -hmm. after season three it was all downhill. Uh, for the most part, I've yet to find a version that I dislike. I guess I like how he was portrayed in the book, Peter Pan. Hmm. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Where his last words, right before he gets swallowed up by the crocodile, he jeers at Peter Pan for not having good form. And bad, that, bad form. Yeah, and that to me just is the quintessential Captain Hook. <laughs> just had to get in the last word, and it's all about not having good form. Mm -hmm. So my number nine... Captain Hook. Okay, my number eight. We go from Star Wars to Star Trek. And it's got to be the greatest Star Trek villain. Any guesses? He made my short list as well. Khan. Khan Noonien Singh. Khan! That was a great moment. That was a good one. So he's a good villain in the in the original series television show where he's this world leader dictator. So sort of a Almost like a Hitler or Mussolini or a fellow Genghis that, Khan. <laughs> sort of. That seized power and then fought in this world war. And then he and some of his followers decided to freeze themselves. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, cryogenic yeah, freezing. Sleep, yeah. Right, right. So they put themselves to sleep and sent themselves. Uh, or no, no. They I take were, that back. They I were think prisoners. They were prisoners yeah. and instead of being executed. After they lost the war, they were shot off into space with the intent that... Nobody would ever find them again. Right, they would be sent off to some planet to live out their lives. In exile. But it would be in exile. It would just be those people there together. And instead, their ship gets sent off course, and the Enterprise finds them, and they wake up. And of course, they want to take over the ship, and uh, it's just a wonderful sequence of... Uh, you see Khan and his uh, strength of personality as he starts to bend some of the crew members to his will. And, uh, yeah, Ricardo Montalban. How do you not like that guy? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he's in the best of the original series Star Trek movies as the villain that uh, goes after Captain Kirk, who's now an admiral. Admiral Kirk. Yep, so that's my number eight, the best of the Star Trek villains, Khan Noonien Singh. An excellent choice, and like I said, he did make my short list. Alright, so my number eight is from Brian's most favorite cartoon of all time. Would you like to guess who it is? Well, I know the cartoon for villain Zuko, maybe? Yep, Prince Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. Hmm. So if you have not seen that cartoon, drop what you're doing 
right now and go out and watch it. That is a really great cartoon. And in it, Prince Zuko is kind of an anti-hero. He's not quite a villain, but he's not a good guy either. For a while, he is the villain, though. He is, um, he's torn between doing right and wrong, and it starts out that he is doing evil in order to do a good thing. He has lost his honor. He has dishonored his father and is trying to regain his honor and therefore be back in good standing with his father, who is the emperor. And so he is going out and doing what is ultimately a very bad thing for the world. He's going out and hunting the Avatar. And throughout the series, you see him struggle with whether he's doing the right thing or even for the right reasons. And you see him sometimes, well, I don't want to spoil any of the cartoon, uh, (laughs) but take my word for it, he is a fantastic, complex character, and that is one of the qualities I like in a good villain. A good villain has complexity. They are not just two-dimensional. So that's my number eight, Prince Zuko. Okay, my number seven is from It's a Wonderful Life. And it's Mr. Potter. And he's maybe not the first person you'd think of as a villain. He doesn't kill anybody. No, he he's doesn't... a villain. He's definitely a villain. I don't think you could say he commits any crimes. None that you caught him at. Um, I, I don't know that it... He stole that money from... Well, the other, guy, it... the other guy put it right in his lap. So technically, I'd say he's doing something morally wrong. Okay. But he's not breaking any laws. That's true. He never gets punished for anything at hmm. the end of the movie. But he's just this... This cantankerous, unhappy man who wants to squish out the competition. He wants to take over as many businesses as he can. He doesn't seem to get any pleasure from it, or any pleasure from anything, but he's continually a a thorn in the side of the main character there in It's a Wonderful Life. And I don't know, I I just really like uh, the portrayal there by Lionel Barrymore. This old, angry businessman that just seems to make it his life's goal to just take over this town's businesses and make everybody else as miserable as he is. Yeah, really unlikable character. Yeah, (laughs) that's my number seven. Mr. Potter! Alright, my number seven is, I think, definitely one of the greatest villains of all time. And if he doesn't make your list, I will be shocked. (laughs) Because it is the Joker, the greatest rival of Batman. Uh, He is so maniacal and completely unpredictable that he is terrifying. You never know what he's going to do. He doesn't really seem to have motives for the atrocities he commits other than that they bring chaos. And he delights in chaos and madness. I like just about any version that I've seen of him. He's definitely terrifying in the Dark Knight trilogy, but probably my favorite rendition of him is from Batman the Brave and the Bold. Is that the one that... Uh, or what's you're probably the... thinking Batman the Animated Series. Okay, Batman the Animated Series. Where Mark Not... Hamill does his voice. Yeah, Mark Hamill. He is great yeah. <laughs> at voicing the Joker. And uh, also also off of the Justice League as well. He's uh, right. He same, shows up several... Okay. Same character, same, yeah. same voice actor. Okay, yeah. so the, the, the times that Mark Hamill voices the Joker, <laughs> fantastic rendition of him. 
So that's my number eight, the Joker. He's just completely soulless, it, it seems. And there's just no predicting his evils. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a good character. I guess I didn't mention at the beginning, but I don't have any comic book characters on this list because we have a list of top ten comic book characters that we'll probably be doing in the next several episodes. And so I don't have any comic book characters on my list. You'll have to wait for that top ten list to see if he made my list of top ten comic book characters. But yeah. he, is, he is a good villain, and I, I agree with you that the Mark Hamill Joker, as well as the Heath Ledger Joker, are my two favorite on film. And then, of course, he's all sorts of different crazy in the comic books. Mm -hmm. So, yep, good choice. Okay, my number six is Captain Hook. And <laughs> I, was, I didn't think he would be on your list. Yeah, no, I, I really like Captain Hook. Yeah, I'd say... I'd say in the book, he's really good, and, and uh, I actually like him a lot in the in the Disney Peter Pan. That might be my favorite uh, film version of him, um, even though it's uh, more played for laughs since it's a, a kid's movie. But, yeah, everything that you said, I, I do really like in the book the part of him that is sort of the gentleman and the his last words being bad form right before he's yeah. eaten by the crocodile. So, yep, I don't really have anything to add. I think you said something about... Him being around for a while, I think that was early 1900s that Captain Hook, or that uh, Peter Pan was written, so he's the... Maybe the oldest villain. Oldest villain, on, on my list at least. Uh, did the White Witch was the... Oh, true. That might White Witch my was oldest before. one, yeah. Yeah. Might be my oldest one. Well, There might be an um, older one on my list. No, no, I think actually Pete, uh... Peter Pan was probably before Narnia. Wow. So we'll have to we'll have to double check that later, but yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure it, it did come before. It was close to the same time. Anyway, what's your number six? Alright, my number six is off the T V show Arrow, and it is Slade Wilson. <laughs> Shows up in well, I won't say which season, but he is a completely ruthless man, and this ruthless side is hidden, hidden by a very suave exterior. When you first meet him, he seems very much a gentleman, easygoing, very nice, and the protagonist's family is taken in by him. And only the protagonist, Oliver Queen, knows that he is a horrible man and someone to be feared. And, and it's a really chilling scene when you first meet him and think, realize, oh man, he's here. Oliver's family trusts him. <laughs> what are we going to do about this situation? And he also just looks and sounds like a villain, too. He's got an eye patch. <laughs> and he's he's got this really gravelly voice. It, it's perfect as a villain. In fact, all of my villains, I'd say almost all of them, look really well as a villain. For each part that they carry, they look the part. And that's costume and, and appearance, I'd say, play, you know, a small part, mm -hmm. but definitely a part in, in how you perceive a villain. So that's my number six, Slade Wilson. Yeah, he's he's probably my favorite character from that from that TV show, and he had more of a a tragic backstory where they have him be friends with the Arrow, and then they eventually become enemies. So, um, and he's pretty cool in the comic books too, but a comic book character, so not on this list. But yeah, good character, good character. All right, on to my number five, and I might have slightly been deceptive or or misspoke earlier. 
when I said Khan was the greatest Star Trek villain. I, I would still probably say he's the best Star Trek villain, sort of. This character is also from Here Star Trek, go. and it is my number five, Evil Spock. From oh, the episode where the Enterprise is sent to the Mirror Universe, there's a transporter accident. Ah! Mirror Universe, and the first thing that the crew sees when they transport on board... Spock with a beard! Spock has a beard! He has a goatee. The start of the wonderful evil twin has a goatee trope <laughs> <laughs> that's been seen in um, anything since, although I can't, actually, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But it started at Star Trek. And so many things started with Star Trek. <laughs> and he he is a villain, but by the end of the episode, after speaking to Captain Kirk and seeing how the Captain Kirk from our universe, the good Captain Kirk, acts and how different he is from the mirror universe Getting counterpart. Out. How logical. <laughs> and after an inspirational speech where Captain Kirk challenges him to be better, and challenges him to step up and make a difference for right, and so his last words to, to the crew are, or to the captain are, Captain Kirk, I shall consider it. Yeah, that's a great episode. So, he's not, he's basically the same as Good Spock, to be honest, except with a beard. <laughs> but that has made all but, the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's such an iconic thing, the villain with a goatee, and it's probably my favorite episode of Star Trek, and Spock is already a great character, so Mirror Universe, Evil Spock, that's my number five. All right, my number five is from the TV show Once Upon a Time, the first season, the best season, <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. My definition here is definitely from just the first season. They do so much with all of the characters that I just dislike the show after the first season, really. But in the first season, he is this maniacal little man who has, has mannerisms that seem crazy, but he's fiendishly clever. He's always planning something. He's always striking deals. And there's always a string attached. You always think you're getting the best end of the deal. But when you're done, you are going to owe him a favor. <laughs> and you don't want to owe this guy a favor because he will always collect when you least want him to. And he mm. will collect what you least want him to. <laughs> and once again, appearance plays a part in this. He looks so devilish and appears as if the evil that's in his heart is seeping out into his skin <laughs> and corrupting it. I love his his little <laughs> giggle and his, his or however it is. And his little mannerisms, uh, mm -hmm. his way of talking. You get chills when he threatens you because he is the dark one and all-powerful. And you don't want to be on his bad side. So that's my number five, Rumpelstiltskin from season one of Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, he's a good character. He's, he's my favorite character from that show. I guess it shows what my feelings are about that show when it didn't even occur to me to consider him <laughs> for this list. But you know, he'd probably be an honorable mention. It's fallen from grace for you. And for me as well. Yeah, the first season was pretty good. And then, I don't know, I think they had a plan for the first season and they started going off the rails pretty soon after that. Well, part yeah. of the problem, too, well. was they just had him flip-flop so much from he's a bad guy. Well, now he's had a change of heart and he's a good guy. 
Oh, he's back to being a bad guy. That scallywag. Right, oh, he's okay. a good guy now. He's a hero. He's never going to be a bad guy again. Oh, just can't get the better of his darker nature. Right. Well, that's that's kind of what I meant by I think they they had a, a story laid out at first and then they started going into soap opera plots kind of like that. But anyway, we're not here to discuss Once Upon a Time. No. We're here to discuss our villains. So yeah. on to my... Something noteworthy to discuss. On to my number four. And uh, Melissa mentioned Avatar The Last Airbender. There's a sequel to that called uh, Legend of Korra, which is also really good. And so my number four is from that show. Any guess? Who it might be from that it's show? It's not Vatu or... Uh, uh, no. It's uh, It's not that salesperson guy, is it? Oh, no. Okay. No, I like him. I wouldn't say he's necessarily no, he's not a villain. A villain no, it's uh, Zahir, the airbender from the second or third season oh, that we watched. Yeah, that's a really good villain. I didn't and, think of him. Oh, yeah, so I'm not really sure exactly how to describe him. He's very smart. He's very sincere. Very sincere. He's not just I want to see the world burn or, or rule the world. Or rule the world. He has. He's a revolutionary. Right. He wants. He sees that the world is not 100% correct. I guess he sees that there's some some wrong being done, and he decides I just need to overthrow those in power, and we'll do a better job of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we, the people, will rise up. Right, right. So, very interesting villain. And there's some moments, like in the finale of that season, uh, with the way that the animation is done and just some of the things that he does that I won't uh, talk about just in case someone wants to watch the show. I don't want to spoil it. But uh, there's some parts uh, with some of the actions that he does that really, uh, I guess, were kind of jaw-dropping, I would describe them as. Mm -hmm. So, that's my number four. Zahir, the evil airbender from... Legend of Korra. Okay. He's an honorable mention for me. I really wish I had thought of him, because he <laughs> yeah. just might have made my top ten. Wow. Great choice. Yeah. Okay, my number, what are we on? Four. Mm-hmm. My four is, might be the oldest villain on my list. Uh, he is really? the... Is it Satan? Well... When I was looking up different <laughs> villains for this list, that was one that kept recurring as right. Satan from Paradise Lost. But, uh, okay, yeah, I guess he would he would be. Right. Although he's... He's the ultimate villain. In Paradise Lost, he's more like an anti-hero. Well, yeah, almost Yeah, the hero of the story, it seems. Right. Uh, no, this guy is the nemesis, the arch nemesis of Sherlock Holmes. Ah, yes. Professor James Moriarty. <laughs> and, well, I'm not super attached to him. Okay, well, earlier I had said I don't put people on my list just because I feel obliged uh-huh. to. Uh-huh. But I did that with Moriarty. Uh-huh. So never, mind. <laughs> never mind, because, uh, well, who came first, Moriarty or Darth Vader? Exactly, Moriarty did. He, They're not really complete. They're not really comparable. Exactly. Who's better? Moriarty. So I chose him over hmm. Vader. He uh, he has an unbeatable plan. So really. are you talking about from the movies, Moriarty, or from the books? Just I guess, in, overall, I guess I'm the character? more familiar. In general, the character, I'm more familiar with the movie A Game of Shadows. 
Okay. And in that one, he basically is more than Sherlock Holmes's equal. Holmes can't defeat him on his own, and it ends up being more of a draw even when they're fighting it out mano a mano. And the power that he wields, he controls everything and everyone. He makes everything work out to his plans. He is definitely a master villain, a master at domination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, I guess it was the same for me, for you with Darth Vader, feeling like maybe you should put him on. Um, I thought about him, of course, and I like his, the the type the archetype of the the master planner in mm-hmm. the shadows sending all of his lieutenants off to do his his dirty work and he's has a plan for everything um i guess i was thinking more of in the books where he really doesn't show up hardly at all he's barely in the original arthur conan doyle stories and he's good in the in the new movie i i did like that one in the sherlock bbc series he's very disturbing <laughs> Um, but uh, yes, he is a good character, a, a really good planner as well. And I like the character. I think more in concept than in any in any specific incarnation. I think was my okay. was just my thoughts. So I, I do like that that type of character. I'm sure he's inspired a lot of villains, but he's not necessarily my favorite. So that was your number four. Yeah. All right, on to my number three. So there's villains that you like, right? Like Captain Hook, we were kind of talking about. We kind of like Captain Hook or Mirror Universe Spock. We kind of like him. And there's some characters, some villains that you just hate, that you just absolutely hate. And you just want to punch them right in the face or you just want someone to put a bullet in them and end them. And that's my number three, probably my most hated villain. And that is from the novel Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, the gentleman with the thistle-down hair. Huh. Uh, I don't know if he's ever called that in the in the TV miniseries that we watched together, but he's the fairy that is called into the world to uh, heal a woman, and the magician that calls him in doesn't realize that he's going to stick around and be working all sorts of devilish magic from that point forward. Um, I guess I should say real quick, so Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, it's sort of if Charles Dickens had written a fairy tale story. He did. It's called A Christmas Carol. mm, Okay, if he had written a story about magicians. Okay. I don't know that I'd say Christmas Carol's a fairy tale story. It's got ghosts in it. So does the Bible. Those are spirits. Drop the mic. (laughs) Drop the mic and walk away. So it's a a very Dickensian, or if a a little bit of Jane Austen... Uh, there's gentlemen wizards in London, and uh, there's fairies that, that help them do that magic. And he's just, he's very inhuman. He has no feeling whatsoever. There's There are characters that he enslaves that are still living their lives, but they can't speak about him. They can't tell anybody that he is tormenting them, that he is using them, and... Just all the horrible things that he does to the various characters throughout the book. You see him through one of the characters that he he basically takes as a servant and uh, see him going around and doing things, and you just really hate the guy. Mm-hmm. You just really want someone to end him. And so uh, it's a good book. It's, it's, it is really long, uh, so maybe check out the miniseries that the BBC put out. It was, was uh, very interesting. Yeah. 
So that's my number three. The gentleman with the thistle down hair. Never actually find out his name. Yeah, that's a that's a good choice. My number three, okay, and then these these top three, I would say encompass just about everything that I value in a good villain. If you're gonna put your money on what makes a good villain, it's uh, it's these three top three. Hmm. My three is from the TV show Daredevil, and it hmm. is Wilson Fisk. <laughs> he is A.K.A. Kingpin. You discover that he's this really big man, ruthless, powerful. When he loses his temper, it is terrifying. But he is, at the same time, a very complex character, too. You Mm -hmm. see him fall in love, which how often do you see a villain do that? And you see that he genuinely cares about this woman. Mm -hmm. You see... And she for him, too. Yeah. You see that he has a very good friend that he cares about and relies on his judgment and help. And you see also that in his plan for the city... He's actually trying to do good. Now he's going about it in a very wrong way, but he's trying to do what he believes is going to be right and and good for the city. And even almost this... Well, okay, I don't want to spoil it. So definitely a very terrifying man. Mm -hmm. And that's my number three, Wilson Fisk. Yeah, I'll go ahead and spoil my comic book list. Because if he, if he had made a list, it would have been the, the comic book characters list. He's not in my top ten comic book characters. He's probably not even in my top ten comic book villains, just because I was kind of looking at these characters in total. So in the comic books, I, I don't think he's a very engaging character at all. Mm. But if you just took the television show Which is version that, of him... all that I know about him. Right, right. Then, yeah, he's, he's top-notch. He's... Definitely the best Marvel villain that they've had on screen. I can't think of a better superhero villain that I've seen on screen. And he doesn't have any powers, too. Right, right. So, yeah, just a very complex character. Not really phased by anything. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's a good choice. Has control again. People were in fear of him. Right. my three. All right. My number two is from Star Wars. A better villain than Darth Vader from Star Wars. And I said with my number three, is a character that I hate. Well, this is a character that I like a lot. character that you really like when you're reading him, even though he's a villain. What's your guess? It's not Count Dooku, is it? Oh, no. No, Count Dooku is hardly hardly in the movies at all. I don't know anything about Count Dooku. No, my number two, not from the movies, from the books, and it's Thrawn. Oh, you made my short list. Thrawn, which I would say I like better than... Uh, for example, Moriarty, but kind of a villain in the same vein. He's planning. He's always one step ahead of the heroes. He has a master plan. You're never quite sure what he's doing, but he knows exactly what he's doing. He's contrasted with Darth Vader, where Darth Vader will choke a man for not delivering results that he wanted. Uh, instead of, Thrawn, of that, Thrawn will he'd take the take the results and say and not shoot the messenger basically i guess is the best way to put it darth vader shoots the messenger thrawn does not and so gains the loyalty of his crew by by not shooting the messenger (laughs) so uh, the only problem with thrawn is he's not in very many books and obviously not in movies or anything so there's not much of the character but there's enough that he made my number two 
He made my short list because he is such an awesome villain. He didn't make the top 10 because of how he's defeated, and I won't say any more about it. Yeah, yeah. It was probably high school that I read those books, so it has been a long time, but it made a pretty good impression on me, I guess. I mean, I still, still put him as number two. So what's your number two? All right, my two is from the TV show Flash, and it is Harrison Wells, hmm. yeah. a.k.a. the reverse Flash yeah, as Eobard Thawne. And here is a man who has been part of this superhero team. He is really the center of it almost, even though Flash is out there doing all the work. A lot of the team revolves around Dr. Wells. They're always looking to him for leadership, for guidance, for help. And he's always been one of Barry's greatest encouragers, always pushing him to go faster, get better. And then it turns out that he is the one who killed Barry's mother. And he has been keeping tabs on everybody all this time. And he is ultimately planning to kill Barry. And he's just been pushing him to get faster in order to help him get back to his original time. Which, by the way, he's not even from Barry Allen's time. He time-traveled back in order to... Well, I won't spoil any more of it. But (laughs) when you just consider how trusted he was, how much of a mentor he was... And then you see how he betrays everything that they loved about him, loved and respected. And there are so many moments in the show when he does something noble and you want to like this guy, yet you know all along that he's the villain, he's the bad guy working in secret. And then he does something and he tells a character how much he loves them. And you just hate the guy, but you respect him, too, because (laughs) he's such a good liar. And it turns out he actually is not lying when he says he loves someone and cares about them. He really means it. He loves them, and then he's going to kill them. It's twisted, but it's really great villain material. Yeah. My number two, Harrison Wells from the Flash TV show. Yeah, that's another good, good comic book villain. What can I say? I guess most of the villains that really speak to me come from comic books. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so my number one is someone that you've already mentioned on your list, and it's from Avatar The Last Airbender, the greatest cartoon ever made, and it's Prince Zuko. Whoa! (laughs) One of all time, wow! That's right, number one. I thought about it, and I decided, yep. I really do like this villain who, I don't remember exactly what you said, but he's the villain. When the show starts, he's hunting the main character down in this chase, this long chase, and... Don't spoil it for everybody. No, I'm not going to spoil it, but he he is complex. He's more than just a one-dimensional or two-dimensional single-minded foe. Um, there are reasons for what he's doing, and he, he struggles with, with the things that he's doing. And, uh, yeah, really interesting character arc, and he made my number one. Prince Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. All right, and my number one is the villain that started it all, that started my Satan. fascination. 
goober. With Blood Devil. Sorry. Your big moment. You're not sorry. <laughs> he was the one that started it all though, you have to admit. <laughs> the one that started it all for me was oh. my fascination with what makes a great villain. And his name is David Xanatos from the TV show Gargoyles, the cartoon. I forgot about him somehow. If you have not seen that cartoon, you need to go watch it. Greatest villain of all time. Hmm. He is the summa cum laude of everything. (laughs) I don't even know what summa cum laude means. Okay, whatever whatever the word is. I don't know what it means either. I'm looking for, but he is, <laughs> he is likable. You actually like this guy. He is heroic. He's brave. <laughs> he is... Jonathan Frakes. That's the actor. Okay. <laughs> He's a gentleman. He's suave. He has a woman that he loves, and she loves him back. And yet, he's a real jerk. <laughs> and he's one of those guys where everything works to his advantage. In fact... There is, uh, I forget what it's called exactly, but something was named after him where anytime something goes wrong, it still ultimately works out to his advantage. <laughs> like the Xanatos effect or something? Yeah, that's something that's like funny. that. funny, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, you look it up on, on Wikipedia. In fact, I'm going to look it up in a minute. Uh, but it came about because of this character where no matter what happens, good or bad, it was always to his advantage and furthering his ends. And he has no qualms about using other people. He only cares about himself. And he is such a despicable character. And yet (laughs) you can't help but like him. He has so many moments and, and so many... Great lines, too. So that's my number one, David Xanatos. So. Yeah. No, another behind the scenes villain. I, I think that is my my favorite type of villain, the, the master planner behind the scenes. Well, he's not so. really behind the scenes. He's he's front and center in, in the scenes, too. I suppose. Okay, so kind of to sum up what I think makes a good villain, if you take nothing else away from this list, a good villain is someone you dislike. And like at the same time. <laughs> yep, and I'll just mention a few that didn't make my list, but I guess honorable mentions. So there's Condiment C. Condiment, the mustache twirling villain from the Freddy the Pig books, <laughs> and uh, Professor Fate, maybe the original mustache twirling villain, the inspiration for Dick Dastardly, the uh, oh, character yeah. on the Way Out Wacky Races. Push the button, Max. Yeah. Max! That's Professor Fate. Uh, Gaston from the Beauty and the Beast. More of a played for laughs villain, but a, a good one. Uh, okay, so we need to make a top ten Disney villains because there were a lot of Disney villains that I wanted to put on my list, but I felt that's its own separate list. Oh, well, you didn't tell me that. So then there's the Lady of the Green Kirtle, which I actually prefer to the White Witch. In yeah. in Narnia, there's my female villain, honorable mention. Percival C. McLeish and Radigan, more Disney villains. Hmm. Richard Gilt from oh, the Discworld book, Going Postal. If you haven't read any of Terry Pratchett's Discworld books, I, I would start one. with that one. Yeah. Long John Silver, classic villain. He, yeah. he would be the, if you include honorable mentions, he's the oldest one on my list from the book. I, I really like the character. I haven't seen one maybe in a movie or something I liked as much as the one in the books. 
And then Jack Simpson from the Horatio Hornblower uh, book and miniseries. Talk about somebody you just want to punch. Yeah, that that's another one of those villains. You just want to put a, someone to put a bullet in him. So that's my list. So okay. any any other thoughts about yeah, villains? Yeah, I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, people that I considered. Uh, Lex Luthor, obviously. Tash from Chronicles of Narnia, The Last Battle. When he appears on the scene, he's just... Uh, you're terrified of him. Uh, bowler hat guy from Meet the Robinsons. Uh, he popped into my head as the mustache twirling example, but yep. no. Uh, but again, I didn't put him on the list because of he's a Disney character. Let's see, you mentioned Khan and Darth Vader. Okay, one that I seriously considered was Severus Snape from the Harry Potter series. I really seriously yeah. considered He's a uh, good character. But I don't know that he's necessarily a villain. He's villainous. Not a hero. Yeah, he's he's a double agent. So that's yeah. ultimately why I didn't. He's a jerk. I <laughs> a noble jerk. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't include him on the on the list because I wasn't really sure that he's officially a villain. Despero from the TV show Psych. <laughs> I considered him just because he's. So fun. That's true. He'd be a good honorable mention. Played by Carrie Elwes. And last but not least, the Phantom of the Opera. Hmm. Definitely yeah, a good, about that guy. good villain. He's a good one. All right, so let us know if you had any villains that you like that we didn't put on our lists. You can email us, tto at coser.us, or you can go to our website and leave a comment, tto.coser.us. And you can also see show notes for this episode. We'll put our top ten lists. We'll put a link to the Xanatos effect and maybe some other things if we think of them. So I think that about wraps this list up. Until next time, I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. Let it boil and fester inside. Only then will you become as truly evil as I am. That's why I considered Bowler Hat Guy. That moment was great. <laughs>